Hello, and welcome to episode 42 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building comic stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Mark Stanislavski, writer and letter, self-publisher of Good Idea Comics. He's a self-publisher and not only of his creations, The Elvis Files, Mars One, and the Lucas Haas, Sins of the Fathers, but he has published Mars Invades Venus with Larry Nadalski, which Mark lettered and published as a digital-only horror title, Rigor Mortis. His works feature new talent from, uh, features from the new talent. Uh, this is Matt, and I'm joined by Noah. Hey there. Hey, uh, Mark, uh, thanks so much for agreeing to, to be on this interview. Uh, why don't you lead us off with a uh, short bio about yourself and uh, the comics that you've worked on? Uh, okay, well, um, I started writing comics way back in, uh, in the early 90s. Um, got my start, my first paying gig was uh, with per- Personality Comics, uh, and they also had Spoof Comics, uh, so I did a little bit with them, uh, but I worked with a lot of uh, indie companies, uh, Dynamic Publishing, uh, Silver Griffin, did a, you know, just did a lot of work with a bunch of uh, indie companies in the uh, mid-90s to early 2000. And was, and was that as a, as a writer? As a writer, writer only, yes. Okay. Uh, and how did you uh, did you how did you go about finding those jobs for those uh, was that yeah. you was that you searching uh, for opportunities or did sort of like networking those yes those no uh, believe it or not uh, back then there was a, a a little newspaper called the Comics Buyer's Guide I don't know if you ever heard of it and uh, you know they had the help wanted section and people would post hey looking for a writer artists, you know, they would post want ads and uh, I would answer them. And I, that's how I hooked up with a lot of these, with these indie companies. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so do you remember uh, maybe the, the first comic that you ever, that you ever bought and, and read? That I ever bought and read? Uh, <laughs> honestly, no. Um, back in the, uh, Back in the late seventies, uh, I had changed schools and I became friends with a, with a, with a young gentleman and, uh, I'd gone to his house one day and he says, Hey, he goes, I got something that I think is pretty cool. You know, I want to see if you think it's cool too. And I was like, okay. So next thing I know, he comes out with this copy of, uh, I believe it was X-Men 137 and, uh, it's inside the, uh, inside the book you know, where they have the Shi'ar flagship and it was like the double tiered bridge, mm-hmm. you know, and he showed me that and he was like, Oh, isn't this cool? And I was like, yeah, that's cool. But I think the comic book itself was even more cool. <laughs> you know, at that point I had never seen a comic book. I had no knowledge of comics. I had never seen one. So I was like, this is, this is unbelievable. And he's like, Oh, he goes, well, follow me. And I go into his room and he had just stacks of comics up against his wall and I think my jaw hit the floor and I was like, where, where did you get these? And I was just rifling through his comics. And, uh, you know, from that point on, I just, I just fell in love with comics. And um, he, he told me where he got them in the, in the center of the town where we live. <clears throat> uh, there was a, like a, a newsstand. It was a little store. It's called the News Rack. You go in there. 
and they sell magazines and newspapers and lottery and all of that stuff. And they had a refrigerator in the back where they sold milk and bread and all of that. And they had a little <clears throat> four foot section, uh, four shelves, four feet, four feet long. And it was all comics. And of course it was just Marvel and DC, only the big two. There were no indie comics at all. Uh, and, and, one day we, we walk there to the center of town and this wasn't a short walk. This was, you know, this was, it was a couple of miles to the center of town from where I lived. So we walked there, uh, and I had five, $6 in my pocket. And, you know, back then comics were 40 cents each. And, uh, I just bought a whole bunch of comics with, with my five, six bucks. And that was it. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. And at that point, uh, you were just sort of, I guess, uh, coming in um, mid-story, just uh, figuring things out uh, as it was going with that big stack of uh, comics that you had just bought. Yep, yep. Um, I just kept buying them, kept reading them. You know, I would uh, kind of bug my mom for uh, for an allowance. Uh, you know, I would mow the lawn and whatever I had to do to get that allowance to buy the comics. And um, yeah, and it wasn't till oh boy probably probably three four years later you know here i am 12 13 years old and i <laughs> i don't remember the exact issue I'm, I'm i'm pretty sure it was a dc comic but i had i had read it and i was upset because the story didn't appeal to me it was it was a i thought it was a terrible story and i was like oh man you know uh i could i could write a better story than this and then the light bulb went off of my head and i went you know what I will write a better story than this. And I, from that point on, I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to write comics. I'm just going to be a writer and write comics. And that's what I started doing. Of course, you know, being 12, 13 years old, uh, my stories were terrible. Uh, <laughs> you know, looking back at it, they were just, they were just horrible. They were terrible. But, um, you know, I just kept, kept writing, kept working at it. And, uh, I think uh, I think I do okay now. Yeah, definitely. Would you say that you uh, knew the comics that you wanted to read and you sort of went out and took it upon yourself to make those comics? Is that sort of your approach to writing comics? Yes, I, I, I write the comics that I would find interesting to read. Um, you know, and, and, and it's not just superheroes. I have, you know, cause I like a wide variety of genres. So, yeah. um, I love the Western genre. I love horror. I love science fiction, you know, so I, uh, I, I pretty much write it all. Yeah. Love, uh, conspiracy theories or do you, uh, uh, with Elvis? Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Love the conspiracy yeah. stuff. Um, I had actually come up with a, with a storyline about conspiracies. And then I think, uh, I saw on Twitter that, that, uh, what was it? Justin Jordan, I think I'd come up with a similar, with a similar comic storyline. And I was like, Oh man, somebody already took it. It's always how it is. But you know, Justin Jordan can't write like you and you can't write like Justin Jordan. Right. That, so that is correct. That is correct. Yeah, so that's, 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 uh, the Picasso argument, right? That only I can make my artwork. Right. Um, so with your, so when, so yeah, yeah. Like I noticed that your your work has yeah, a wide breadth of genre. Um, Elvis, of course, that's a true crime almost. Uh, would you say that falls under spoof, or would you say 
uh, I, I, I got a lot of the humor in there. It's, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, very, it's very tongue in cheek. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a it's a supernatural crime thriller. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and then you've got Mars One, which is a sci-fi thriller. Yep. Very much so in the vein of something like two thousand one, two thousand ten, something like that, right? Yes, uh, science fiction mystery. Yeah, and then you've got uh, Lucas Tan, which is like a spaghetti western comic almost. Yes, and. Uh, some supernatural stuff in there, kind of, would you say? Or is it mostly, like, just straight In Lucas Han, no. Yeah, just straight no, that's, that's, Yeah, it's pretty much a straight Western. Um, the, the thing about Lucas is that what we wanted to accomplish is that uh, one thing, when I came up with it, you know, 99% of Westerns are take place in the Western Golden Age, which is 1875 to 1880. Um, and I wanted to be different. So I says, well, how about if I make a Western at that takes place before the civil war? I mean, oh, we yeah. can use the civil war as a backdrop. Uh, so that's what I did. So Lucas Hahn number one starts about six months before the election of Lincoln as president. That's cool. Yeah. It's very, uh, I got the Sergio Leone vibes yeah. um, from that book. Are you, what's your favorite out of the trilogy of uh, the dollars trilogy? The, the the dollars trilogy or i guess the man with no name oh, trilogy oh, oh, i guess yeah it depends on what you call uh, it right yeah yeah i mean i like them all i don't think i have a favorite to be honest yeah with you. i like i think all. i'm kind of the same way i can never pick a favorite out of those um but would you say like uh are you like pretty uh as influenced by film as you are by comics and in, in how you write yes yes um a yeah. big you know a watch a lot of movies, watch a lot of TV. I read a lot of books. I read a lot of comics. So yeah, all of that stuff, all of that stuff combined, um, um, really, really influences me in my writing. You definitely can see that. Yeah. And you're right. Cause like there aren't a lot of Western books out there, you know? And, uh, so Lucas definitely fits, a it's the niche market right there. Um, why do you think that there aren't very many Western comics out there these days? Probably, well, probably the same reason why there aren't a lot of Western movies. Um, mm. I think the the perception is is that nobody really wants to read Westerns or write or uh, or watch Westerns. Um, I mean, I love them. You right. know, I'll watch it. I'll read it. Um, but yeah, that's the perception. And I guess just by trial and error... Um, you know, that's, that's, that's the consensus that they came up with, that it isn't a, a popular genre anymore. Yeah, it's always, you know, you know, everybody says that there are dead genres out there, but I think the big argument against that is something like Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, where everybody thought, you know, pirate films are dead genre, and then all of a sudden Pirates of the Caribbean came out, and it was just, you know, one of the biggest movies ever, and then became one of the biggest franchises ever, you know, it's just all about the story that you tell, not as much as the audience, you know, then Lone Ranger came out and everybody was like, well, it's just because no one wants to go see Westerns anymore. And it's like, well, no, because no one wants to see a bad movie, that kind of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, it's all in the execution. Yeah, it really is. And cause then, you know, you have something like Django Unchained, which really hit a chord with audiences and things like that. And yep. that's how it is with comics as well. You got to have a good story to grab people. Um, 
and uh, people just want to have have to have a good story. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. And is, uh oh sorry, go ahead, Mark Matt, go ahead. Um so uh how about like is uh is Deadwood a uh, influence on the on the Lucas book? Because um, I got a, I, I don't know if it is, but I got a little bit of a vibe with the central point of the, uh, you know, the the tavern where everybody kind of shows up to meet up and, you know, either exchange their insults or or, or do their yep. business. Yep, yep, no, oh, yeah, I've seen all the Deadwood, so yeah, I'm sure, absolutely. Would you say your number one influences when writing comics? Like, is there one writer, one work of art? Do you think you could nail it down, or just maybe just a couple of works of art or a couple of writers that you sort of are always looking to for inspiration, or have always looked yeah, to? There for are uh, there are two writers that that have uh, heavily influenced me. Um, one of them uh, is Roger Stern. All right, and the other one is Doug Minch. Oh, wow. Nice. Um, Doug Minch, because he wrote uh, one of the one of my favorite books, and that's Master of Kung Fu uh, from Marvel. So big Master of Kung Fu fan. So very cool. You planning on writing any martial arts books or have you written any martial arts books? Uh, I haven't written any, but but I, I have in my pile of ideas here, I do have a, a martial arts book. <laughs> that would be awesome. Another niche that's just not around enough. I, I don't see it executed well enough, like good fight books, you know? Um, right. No, uh, after, after master of Kung Fu ended, I don't think I've read a good martial arts book since then. Yeah. Do, do you have a, uh, do you have a system for, for organizing those ideas? Do you, do you have like notebooks? Do you have uh, computer files where you're just sort of uh, putting those, those ideas? Uh, yeah, originally, away? originally I did have a, a paper file and folder mm -hmm. system. Um, but now, you know, it's all computerized. Yep. It's all digital. That's great. And, um, how you work with your artists, uh, I guess that's sort of like just to continue on with the process, I guess. Uh, when you give them a script, how fleshed out is it? Um, is it like, are you a very detailed script writer or are you uh, someone who likes to sort of keep the details open for the artist to sort of fill in the, the blanks with the panels or what's your, what does your script look like? Yeah, it's, it it's, um, it's not Alan Moore detailed. Uh, <laughs> Always the standard. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but but it, it is detailed enough. Um, and, and, you know, look, I'm flexible. You know, if an artist comes up with a better way to, to tell the story, I'm all for it. You know, and, and artists I've worked with have done that. Say, you know, oh, I like this angle better and this lighting here and this, that. And I'm like, yeah, it looks cool. It's awesome. You know, but they still tell the story. And that's you know, that's basically what I'm after. Just tell the story, you know, and I don't care. I don't care how you do it. So in the case of like, uh, certain artists, like your artist on, um, on Lucas, uh, Mark, uh, so your artist is uh Bo Christian on the first issue. And then you have, uh, the two artists on the, the last issue, right on number three. Correct. Um, <laughs> So how you found Bo, did you, were you looking for like an artist that had experience in Western books or are you just looking for someone's art that grabs you in how to tell the story? Well, with, with, uh, with Lucas, I was looking for an artist. Um, I did say it was for a Western book. <clears throat> so, uh, and he answered the, you know, the ad and I thought his, I thought his style fit good. Yeah. 
with with the story and with what it you know what I wanted to tell with the story um so yeah yeah and and it it seemed to work out pretty well um the other thing that we came up with was uh with Lucas Hahn was if comic full full color comic books existed in the 19th century what would they look like oh yeah <clears throat> So that's why we have, you know, he said, oh, you know, I'll paint it, you know, that's the first issue he painted with the watercolors and it has that, that light watercolory look to it. And, you know, all the flashbacks are in sepia tone. Um, so yeah, yeah, we had, yeah, I like that. I had fun with that. Yeah, that is, excuse me, that is fun. And um, on the third issue you brought on, let me pull up his name really quick. Uh, you brought on, um, Jay Brown, um, Rainford Nash. Uh, was that just because uh, Bo was uh, um, was on deadline, or was it just uh, you felt that? Um, yeah, Bo. That Jay... Bo yeah, Bo couldn't finish uh, the issue, um, so I found uh, Jay, and I'd I'd worked with Jay before in uh, in developing a pitch, and I thought his style was really close to, to Bo. And I says, Hey, you want to just finish this issue for me? And he's like, yeah, sure. Awesome. Yeah. yeah I was going to mention that. I, uh, when I, when I read it, I didn't think that the, that the, 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 the style change was, was too jarring. Um, right. And I mean, that's, it, that's exactly what I wanted. Yep. It, it, uh, it, uh, it, it's, it flowed really well. So I think you did do a good job of pairing those two artists up together. Well, great. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, so also like working with an artist, do you see things at like the, the thumbnail stage, the pencil stage, uh, the, the inking stages, or do you just, uh, do you just eventually get to a point where you sort of have a rapport with the artist where you, you know, that, that, that final page is gonna, is going to get the point that you're trying to make across. Uh, it, it depends on, on the artist, obviously. Um, if an artist is more seasoned, let's say, you know, I'll just say, I'll oh, just show me the pencils and, and uh, you know, let me approve the pencils and then we can go on to the inks. Um, if the artist is more of a beginner, mm -hmm. um, I'll say, you know, show me your thumbnails, you know, do you do thumbnails, show me the thumbnails and then the pencils, you know, and then the inks and I'll, I'll help them along the way and, and approve it along the way. So, yeah. It, it all depends on the artist. And, and you letter, uh, am I remembering this correctly? You, you do a lot of the lettering yourself. Yeah. All the, uh, all the books, uh, that I self-publish, I, I lettered and I kind of get into that, uh, kind of as a money saving, uh, option. Um, but you know, the more I did it, the more I found out that I really like lettering. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. What is uh? What do you use for lettering? Do you use, just use Photoshop or Illustrator? Uh, there's a program uh, called Comic Life. Oh. And uh, I basically, it's basically to make your own comics, but I use it for lettering, and then I do kind of uh, tweak it here and there in Photoshop. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. It's really great lettering. You work well with the artwork. And where does that? Um, where does your uh, sort of I guess. Um, sensibilities for lettering where does where do they come from or is it just uh reading a lot of comics and just paying attention to where letters are and how 
word balloons and uh, text boxes are located, or, or did you yeah, well, take a I course? Mean, <laughs> no, trust me. Uh, uh-huh. uh, when I when I first started lettering, I had no idea what I was doing. I think I think it was basically just over the years, all the comics I've read. Yeah. You know, I, I knew where a caption box goes, and uh, yeah, I'm not a professional letterer, um, but I know, you know, not to cover the artwork. I know where to, you know, the balloons are in the dead spaces. I mean, that's just that's just common sense type stuff, and I think exactly. That, um, I got a lot of that just from, you know, 30 years of reading comics. Yeah, that's a great thing to like. You know, it's a, it, has a, it takes a good eye to pay attention to how other artists do it. You know. And uh, to know just, you know, just to stick to the essentials of, like you said, don't cover up the artwork is the big one. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the big issue I see even in like big two books sometimes. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's the big thing. But also that falls on the writer as well, not to fill up the page with more than 200 words or whatever, you know, the, the rules are to make yeah. sure. And I'm sure that helps you as almost like an editor as well. Yep. Because you have the lettering stage, you can sort of revise your own dialogue. Exactly. That's a <laughs> I great, have, and I have done that. <laughs> yeah. That's a great, that's a great uh, skill to have then. Yeah. And um, so uh, chronologically, um, how do these, the books that you sent over, you sent over the Elvis files, you sent over Mars one and you sent over Lucas Hahn and you sent over uh, Mars invades Venus um chronologically is is it sort of in that order that uh, Elvis Files was first and then from there on or are they all done at the same time yep uh, in uh, about 19 oh boy 1999 I decided that I was gonna make my own comic I was gonna publish my own comic I was gonna do the whole the whole thing and uh, of course I had no idea what I was doing um, so I came up because I already had the Elvis files written out and I found my artist, Peter DeLuca. Um, and we made, we made the book and uh, uh, it originally I wanted three issues. And then uh, when we were done, I decided, ah, you know what, you know, I'm just going to make it like one big graphic novel. Um, but again, back then I had no tools. I had no knowledge. I had nothing. So, um, when I sent it to the printer, uh, the pages weren't formatted, you know, for comic book size. They were just regular eight and a half by 11 and the printer didn't say anything to me. He just printed it off. So I get this oversized comic and I was like, what, what the hell is this? Uh, of course. You know, I mean, it was, and that's how you learn, you know, you, right. you, put, you make the mistakes and that's how you learn. And like I said, back then I had. I had no idea what I was doing, so uh, I learned I learned a lot from that. But yeah, um, so when it came time down the road uh, for me to say, you know what, you know, it's time for me to just to self-publish my stuff, do Good Ideas Comics, and I'm going to start with the Elvis files, and I'm going to do it right this time. So the Elvis files that you see in those files, uh, it's been colored because originally it was in black and white. So it's been colored. It's been relettered completely. Um, yeah, and and you know I resized the pages and and everything, and it was done right. So I'm I'm happy with how it came out. And uh, do you still uh, are you still in contact with the artist? 
um, for that that book? Do you guys still work together? Uh, we don't. I, I I'm still in contact with him. Um, he uh, he does YouTube videos, uh, aka Pad on YouTube. Okay. Um, but he he's a good kid, and he's doing his own thing there. And I guess he's getting ready to to launch his own book. But but he's a good guy. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely. If 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 we could uh, if we could hook up again, that would be awesome. Because I I I think he's pretty talented. Did you find him sort of uh, like? I guess this is 1999. So uh, over the internet, like what was the internet at that point? Or was it? it, it, uh, it, it yeah, it was the internet. Believe it or not. Yeah. Yep. 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 That's amazing. Just sort of. Uh, and was was he uh, from the United States or is he? Yeah, he's overseas. In, uh, he's in Philadelphia. Oh, great. Yeah, great. So not too far away. Hopefully, to no. Yeah, to meet up and have sessions like that. Do you like to have sort of a a meeting before uh, you start a book where you can, you know, just sort of talk out things and throw ideas off the artist and sort of have a roadmap laid out? Or um, do you guys just sort of, do you like to correspond, uh, just sort of just jump into the project? Um, yeah, I guess I, I'm just sort of jumping into the projects as I go. Um, but you know, I, I do talk to the artists. I'll, I'll show them like the script. I'll say, hey, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, anything, you know, feel free to let me know, email me, whatever. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, egotistic enough to, to think that I'm, I'm the best there is. You know, I, I know, you know, I know there's problems, but we, you know, I work it out. Well, that's a, that's a good head you have on you. <laughs> uh, yeah and but at the same time like you know it takes immense skill to work in the industry and to put out the quality of like you know any kind of quality of work or anything like that you know uh so good for you just you know finding a story that you love to tell and telling it well you know yep thanks and uh yeah especially with uh you know like I said, you, you you find a quick way to my heart with writing a, a Western book, which is, you know, like I said, there's just not that many out there. So no, there is not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, with the Elvis book, how did that idea sort of come to be? You know, was it, uh, you know, just a love of Elvis or a love of conspiracy theories? What, what came first? It was uh, a combination of a love of Elvis and a love of the X-Files. I get that. Yep. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It just, I was going to bed one night and the idea just hit me in the head and I was like, yes. And the more research I did on it, you know, it, it made sense. Elvis would fake his death to become an FBI agent. He loved yes. the FBI. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> made total sense. And uh yeah, you know all the little Elvisisms that I that I put in there, and um, the 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 titles of the uh, chapters are titles of Elvis songs, and just little stuff like that I threw in there. Very tongue in cheek. That's very cool. And have you returned to the Elvis files since this three issues, or are you planning to? No, believe it or not, um, the Elvis files was always meant just to be a three issue deal. Um, it it's never. It, I've never, you know, spoken it or anything, but basically the Elvis Files book 
uh, is was Elvis's last case. That's okay. that the whole idea behind it. That's his last case before he retires uh, from the FBI. But yeah, no, actually that was designed just to be a, a one shot, you know, three issue deal, uh, just like Mars one, one shot, three issue deal. There's your story. Um, Lucas Hahn is the only one that I plan on revisiting. Okay. Yeah. So you never do a prequel to Elvis files or anything like that. Do uh, other cases that he's worked on or anything like that. You always can. I always can do it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Just trying to keep hope alive here. Yeah. (laughs) No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any, uh, do you have any plans uh, to get these books out to like shops near you or do you do, do you do shows near you where you're able to uh, get these books out to people? Yeah. I mean, right now, um, I do uh, uh, have the books on uh, DCBS, Discount Comic Book Service. Oh, okay. Um, so they're up on there. Uh, I do have a store on Store Envy. Um, so you can anyone can buy paper copies on Store Envy. Um, yeah, I, I've been meaning to get to, uh, to area stores around here, um, but I haven't done that yet. Well, we'll make sure to uh, put links to both of those in, in our show notes and uh, on our social media. So anybody who hears this and is interested in these books, they can, they can go and check them out. Cool. Cool. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I guess moving on to Mars One, uh, where did the seed of that idea come from? Um, it came from uh, the fact that we, we, you know, as a species, we always talk about uh, colonizing Mars and going to other planets and, you know, okay, we're going to have to leave this planet and go to other planets. And my, my idea was, well, what if we can't? What if, what if we're landlocked to this planet? And I used Mars as an example, um, basically, you know, we say, oh yeah, the our bacteria is the same. It's kind of like a reverse war of the worlds. You know, uh. bacteria is the same as their bacteria, but what if it isn't? You know, what if you go to another planet that, but you don't know how that bacteria is going to, to react with your body that's used to this bacteria. Exactly. So that's why, you know, they're quick to anger and, and they just lose their, their temper quickly and they don't think straight because it's, so that was my idea behind that, is that we, we can't go anywhere. We can't go to Mars. We can't go. We're landlocked. We're, we're stuck on this planet. <laughs> that's, a, that's a cool premise. And uh, I guess um, it seems like, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to make an assumption here that you like to sort of start with the premise first and then sort of build the characters inside that premise, inside that world. Or do you sometimes like, you know, I guess with the Elvis book, you guess you have Elvis as the main character, of course. Um, I guess with Mars One, were you thinking of characters uh, while you were building the premise, or were, did you get the premise first and then the characters came afterwards? Uh, the premise definitely came first. Um, yeah, and then I had to develop the characters and say, okay, um, they sent this team. Okay, so let's do a small team. You know, of course you got the captain, a doctor, you know, you know, who would, who would go on this 
on this trip? Well, they got to they got to bring a doctor because they don't know what's going on at the colony. You know, you you need a, a pilot for the ship. So okay, he's the pilot. You know, and, and it, it just it made sense to me about the the personnel that they would bring. Uh, and so then, then I just fleshed out, you know, I just come up with names. People say that I'm good with coming up with names, but I don't mm -hmm. know. They, I just come up with them. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So do you do anything is more with the character development? Like, uh, do you, do you make sure that like everybody has like, like, uh, maybe like a flaw or, or an issue that, that they're dealing with the sort of, uh, you know, flush out yeah. the character a little oh, bit yeah. more? Yeah. yeah. Um, you'll always get. You know, you'll always have one or two characters or more with that'll have a flaw or a weakness or, you know, something happened in their past and they're damaged in some way. Um, you know, that's just, that makes it more interesting, you know, because yeah. you, you want to, go ahead. No, no, it's just, I was just going to say, yeah, it, uh, it, it kind of helps you uh, build uh, dramatic moments and, uh, you know, you, you, if you have a care, if you have a hero or a character that's uh, you know always doing right or is always too powerful, there's just there's just there's just no drama there. So I was just wondering how you how you went about that. Yep, yep, you're 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 right. Um, it's it's usually it's not all the characters. It's usually I'll pick one or two, like I said, and um, that'll be that'll be kind of like the weak link <laughs> in the story so to speak like in mars one uh i don't know if you read the book but uh, the doctor uh in mars one has kind of a damaged past uh, uh i, I kind of stereotyped a little bit you know her parents wanted her to become a doctor which she did but it's a different kind of doctor and they were going to give her up for adoption because she was a female and they wanted a male you know it's so, so she has a damaged past mm. and when they're at the colony, they think, okay, this is what's causing her to lose her temper. You know, and we, we delve into that past when it really isn't that, mm -hmm. uh, it's actually the, the bacteria of the planet that's causing her to go crazy. No, that's, that's very cool. That's, that's great. And I, I appreciate you talking that through cause I, I very much also am like a, uh, premise uh first sort of writer um and i need to work on uh developing characters a little bit better so i i appreciate your your advice there thank you and i guess that sort of leads into lucas han um now i'm gonna again another presumption here <laughs> is it is it lucas like george lucas yes and is it han like han solo you are correct Okay, yeah. I was like, because I think the greatest Western of all time is Star Wars. So um, I thought that was a great nod, and it shows that you're a true cinephile to make that assumption. Uh, like to, to, I guess, to correlate those two, uh, the, the genre of Western and Star Wars, you know. Uh, so Lucas Han, was he supposed to be sort of like a, uh, did you want to do sort of like a Clint Eastwood like character in a Western story around him? Uh, Lucas Han is actually, uh, <laughs> believe it or not, he's based on myself. Um, oh, very cool. <laughs> I like that. Um, you like know, he's a guy who, um, 
who who has morals, you know, and he wants to do good, even though he's this bounty hunter. And sometimes he he has to break the law. Uh, deep down, he he's a good guy. Um, I think somebody's behind you there, Noah. Oh. <laughs> oh, that is my yep. I think my wife just walked in. That's all. <laughs> That's yep. Funny. Yep. Um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, deep down, he's a nice guy, and and he just wants to do good. But at the same time. Uh, this is this is the path that he's chosen. That's very cool. Yeah, I like the sort of conflicted hero, um, uh, I guess, approach to to a character. Um, you don't see that done well, you know, because it's hard to find the balance between conflicted and whiny, you know. Yes. yes. And, and to find the the balance between uh, conflicted and just being a plain old jerk, you know. Uh, I always like to sort of. You know, there's Mad Max, the road warrior, right? And uh, that movie does it really well, where it's like, you know, Max is a sympathetic character, but clearly out for his own things, but he can't help but want to be a, a good guy. Right. You know? uh, then there's this awful movie called uh, uh, Warriors of the Lost World. And uh, it was just sort of made around the same time, and they try to do the exact same thing, and the guy just comes off like a complete a-hole. You know, that kind of thing. Like, it's like, it's a very fine line to walk between reluctant and just selfish, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I think you hit it. I think you hit it well, though. I think you did a good job making a character that is cool and conflicted. Yeah. Cool. Good. Thank you. (laughs) I don't get much feedback, so it's nice to get this feedback. Hmm. Yeah. You know, and I, sometimes I go to shows and, um, you know, they buy the books and like, I'll see him again at a different show. And it's like, well, what'd you think of the book? Oh, it was, it was okay. <laughs> okay. Well, can you elaborate? You know, what was okay about it? What, what didn't you like about it? Oh no, it was, it was good. It was good. You know, they won't elaborate. They won't tell me, they won't give me the feedback. It's like, ah, come on. I need to know this stuff. You know, I love, I mean, I was, I always tried to be creative with my critiques in college and I, I, I loved doing it in a way that was constructive and not just like, you know, because I knew people who would just be like, who would just be like you, you know? And I'd have professors that would just get so angry when anyone would ever say, I like it, or it's okay, that kind of thing. So I, I always like to be in depth and talk about why it's good, you know? Or, or why it's bad. Or why it's bad, exactly. Right. You know, yeah. not just, I didn't like it. Why didn't you like it? Well, because I didn't like it, you know? Right. I mean, uh, that's, that's, yeah. yeah, I think to me, that's the only thing that's going to help me as a writer is to get the constructive criticism, say, okay, you know, it's good, but you know, you, you kind of went off the rail here or you kind of went that way there. And I, oh, okay. So, you know, and then I can make those mental notes and, yeah, and absorb that and say, okay, and that just makes me stronger. You know, I had the, I had an awful, I've had awful experiences with people you know, like just no constructive criticism whatsoever on artwork. In, in college, it was a big thing. And it was to be expected. But going to conventions, that's the worst part because you're supposed to be around, you know, people who are professionals and stuff like that, you know, and who know things. But I, I went up to editors. I went up to different people who would say stuff like, you just need to develop a style, that kind of thing. And that doesn't help. That kind yeah. of thing. Like, you know, like, oh, okay, 
uh, how do I do that? Oh, I don't know. I think you just need to draw more, that kind of stuff. And I'm like, yep. okay, great. You know, that kind of stuff. Like, all right, I'm already doing that, clearly. Uh, throw me a bone. So, yeah. Yeah, no, those are the those are the typical answers I've heard at, at cons a lot. So. Yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, it's 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 completely different from like you know again what 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 they teach you in school versus what you sort of run into and in, in the real world you know just a good example of that oh yeah absolutely i mean you're not going to i mean honestly come on you're not going to learn much in school you'll you'll learn you'll learn the very basic of basics in school you know how to spell how to how to make a paragraph in a sentence but i mean other than that the only way you're really going to learn how to do, let's say, write a comic script is to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> when I first started writing, I had no idea what a comic script was. Um, there was no internet. I couldn't just go on the internet and, and look up, okay, comic scripts. Oh, that's what it looks like. No, there was none of that. It was my, my first scripts were basically radio scripts. Uh, somebody told me it looked like a radio script. It was, you know, character, what they said, character, what they said. Uh, I'd have a, you know, if there was a fight, there was like a two sentence little paragraph. Oh, he punches him in the face and blah, blah, blah. You know, it was terrible. I went to cons and I talked to writers and I saw their scripts, you know, oh, that's great. I remember going to a con and uh, Peter David was there and he had his scripts out. Oh. So I picked one up and I was looking through it. And of course, back then they did Marvel style. You know what Marvel style is, right? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The so nightmare. It, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I'm looking through it and I'm like, and I looked at Peter David and I said, is this what the artist draws from? He goes, yep. And I said, <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, and I'm thinking to myself, are you kidding me? Yeah. No joke. Yeah. Um, you know, to, uh, I don't know. I mean, I know that's the way they did it back then. It just seemed like, it was a bigger burden on the artist at that point than it was on the writer. And some artists love that style. Like I've heard interviews with Marvel artists even today that like stuff written in the Marvel way. Um, oh, yeah. Cause it gives them more freedom and it gives them more freedom. Yeah. But for me, that's just the worst ever. That kind of thing where I'm <laughs> like, I don't know how to do this, yeah. and, uh, but I'm starting out. I'm new to this. At some point I'm sure I'll get to a, I'll get to a point where I want to try something like that. But yeah, right now I, I need as much guidance as possible man, in order to draw these panels out. Um, and I'm lucky with Matt because he, he's got good scripts. So yeah. Oh, you're being too kind. Oh no, <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, are you someone that like when now that you're used to writing in the format, uh, do you write in prose first or do you just start writing, you know, panel by panel descriptions when you start writing your, your, your drafts of your scripts? Yeah, no, um, I'll write, I'll write an outline uh, of the story in, in prose. Um, you know, just a basic outline is usually two pages per issue. And then I'll just get right into the, uh, to the comic script. I've asked that question to every writer we've had on here uh, because I've only ever heard one interview with a guy that says he writes in prose. So I've like, but I've always been intrigued to know if anyone does because my wife is trying to get into writing comics herself. And 
the first draft of a couple of the scripts she's tried, she's written them out in prose. And uh, then she's, then she with her plans are to go back in and write the second draft in comic script style. Oh, okay. I was going to say, do, um, you, do you, after the no. prose, do you slap her on the hand and say, no, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> I haven't yet. Um, but no, well, well, actually, I think because, you know, she didn't really start reading comics until we started dating. And uh, so it was a slap on the wrist when I was like, no, you don't write it that way. <laughs> um, but it is, it's for her, it's easier to write it in prose first and then to then refine it into a, a script. Hmm. And I, I, I've heard a couple artists that say they do, like I said, one interview with one artist who does it that way. So Mark, when you go from the prose outline, um, do you then sort of go like, uh, you know, on this page, I have to accomplish, you know, this story beat or this page, this thing has to happen. And then do you start to take into consideration things like uh, midway point of the story, page turns? and? and oh, yeah. Yep. All of that. All of that. You got to take all of that. And, and sometimes, you know, as you know, it doesn't work out. So now you have to either take something away or add something and say, OK, I want the page turn here. Mm -hmm. But. I don't have it there. So now I got to move something or I got to extend it or yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> Again, that's gotta be great though. To It looks like, I mean, with the exception of, I guess, issue one of Lucas Hahn, uh, which that was all traditional artwork, right? Yes. Yeah. You have uh digital artists. Um, so like on Mars one and uh, was, uh, was Elvis digital as well? Oh no, that was, there was no such thing as digital back then. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So I guess, I guess with Mars one, then it would have been easier to manipulate panels and stuff like that. And uh, maybe have more freedom to move it around. Um, but I guess it helps again with uh, being the letterer that you can maybe contribute to the page turn a little bit more with where dialogue is placed. Yeah. And Again, the Elvis files, I didn't even, um, again, I, I was a beginner, beginner writer, so I didn't know much about page turns. So if you read it, there's really not much, you know, there's not much there in terms of, oh my God, you know, when I turn the page, there's going to be a big, there's going to be a big reveal. And then, no, Mar the Elvis files wasn't like that at all. Um, but when I got into Mars one and definitely Lucas on, I, I became more, more conscious of me to say, okay, I gotta, you know, I have to do this in order to create this tension or this drama or so. Yeah. Yeah, so now, exactly. Unfortunately, I can't just, <laughs> I can't just wing it and do what I want. I have to, I have to kind of follow some kind of guidelines. Oh uh, yeah. That's the part I don't understand. That's, that's why I leave it to people like Matt to be like, yeah, you figure out that kind of stuff. <laughs> or, or again, like my, my wife who I've been, I've been, I've been grinding that under her head. Like you gotta have page turns while I'm over here. Like I can't write. So yeah, it's like, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's the part that blows my mind. Uh, reading any book is how people can figure out where to end a page and you know, how to start it off well on the next one. Yeah, it's, uh, mm -hmm. it's definitely something that you learn that you have to learn uh, if you're going to do comics and, and 
one of the best ways to learn it is to read comics. Um, So true. So true. One of my favorites is I think, uh, well, it's one of my favorite series that does it is um, Jason Aaron's uh, scalped. Uh, He does marvelous page turns in that whole series. Uh, Again, one of the few Western comics out there, but you know, great Western series. Yeah. I think I scalped it. Did I read scalped? If you haven't, it's worth reading. I'm I'm slowly making my way through it and I'm really late to the party, but like it's worth all the hype that it gets. Yeah. So I know that uh in reading through this, uh you you're you're gonna return to to to, to the Lucas uh, Han uh storyline, but do you uh do you have anything that's sort of uh at top of your mind that you might be uh working on next? Yeah, I'm actually, uh, I got a couple of things. Um, I have uh, going to the old standby superhero. All right. (laughs) Uh, I created a superhero called Energy Man. Um, Oh, God, when I was back in high school. And um, I actually published a couple of issues with Rocket Blast Comics Oh boy, like uh, four or five years ago. Um, But I wanted to get back to that. And I'm also uh, working on a um, supernatural, um, I I can't really call it a horror story because it isn't really a horror story. It's a supernatural thriller, I guess. Uh, It's called The Idol, which um, we dissect the power of sex so <laughs> fascinating it's, it's it's not a porn book so <laughs> it's not a porn book uh, it's, it's 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 definitely a hard r you know there is sex in it and um but yeah i've been i've been trying to get that out as well that sounds interesting um I'm really glad to see that you're like continuing with uh, breaking the mold of your genre every every series that you do. Um, that's pretty great to see that in a writer that doesn't just stick to one and likes to sort of jump around. Yeah, because I mean, y- you think of some writers like you know Stephen King. Okay, he's he's a horror writer. That's if he wrote anything else besides horror, you would probably just not even read it. You know. Uh, so there are these writers that are that are tied down to these genres and and I don't want to just say oh yeah I know this guy you know Mark Stanislavski he he always writes superheroes or he always writes horror you know I want to do different things that's really cool and being independent you have that freedom to do that yeah 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 and great. Just self-publishing my stuff I can just say yeah. you know what this time I'm gonna do this <laughs> that's really great and uh being your own boss then you guess you get to decide your own schedule or do you uh are you pretty organized with how you lay your day out with what you do like work-wise like uh do you have a laid out when you write when you letter that kind of thing yep 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 i usually I usually alternate i'll write one day and then i'll letter and then like the third day i'll do all my social media stuff and you know try to to pump up uh, the audience to buy books and then, you know, and then I'll go back to writing, lettering, social media, you know, but yeah, it's definitely, definitely organized. It's definitely scheduled. Um, I just wish I had more hours in the day. 
Exactly. Don't we all? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, and while you're working on the one thing, your 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 subconscious is probably you know uh, you know you might be lettering, but like uh, while you're you're doing that, sort of maybe uh, you're sort of in the back of your head, you're breaking story beats for for something to come up uh, yep. or something that's been been stuck in your head for a while. Yep. So that those that alternating probably helps that process. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there have been and there have also been times where I was lettering. Um, but then I came up with this great idea that for a story I was writing. So I, I literally had to stop lettering and then open up the story and type down this idea. Cause I didn't want to forget it. Yeah. That's uh that's a, that's a good, uh, that's a good practice. I can't tell you how many times I've been doing something and stopped and sent myself uh, an email or sent myself a text uh, and then got back later and looked at my phone and go, Oh yeah, I did email myself that, uh, <laughs> that thing from earlier today. Let me uh, go, go make sure that I, that gets formally uh, noted down. So yeah, I, I agree with you there. Thanks. Yeah. That's the great thing about smartphones and stuff like that. I can, uh, yeah, can set reminders on my phone to do certain things or, remember to you know make a note of certain things i guess <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah all right well i think uh i think that's gonna uh wind up the interview um noah do you have any uh final questions or final thoughts uh, it's just inspiring to see someone you know working in comics that writes what they love and you know writes something that they want to read and then does it in multiple genres which is just great to see i've you're definitely an inspiration, uh, Mark, and I'm. I'm, I'm always. I'm going to be looking forward to seeing your superhero book and your supernatural horror book coming, coming soon. Yeah, I like. Uh, I like the the antidote that you gave us early on about the the DC book that you read, and you were like, "Oh, I didn't like that story. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go make my my own my own story." So that 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 was pretty great. So. Yeah, um, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And. Uh, I think, you know, that's, that could be applied to, to everyone, you know, anyone who loves comics. Um, and if they want to make comics, they should just make them. Um, mm -hmm. You know, yes, it's, it's, it's scary. You know, it's scary to, to put your stuff out there for other people to read it and either say, Oh yeah, I love it. Or, Oh my God, this is trash. I hate it. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's not an easy thing to do, but you know, if this is what you want to do. If you truly love comics, then then just do it you know that's what nike says just do it yeah exactly <laughs> like the sneakers say that's right yeah so i i know that you had said earlier that you have uh 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 store envy and uh stuff up on dcbs but um where could I, where can people find you online um i know that you and i are are, are twitter twitter friends and we we change we exchange messages there but where where else can people find you Yep. Well, you can definitely, you can find me and Good Ideas Comics on Twitter. Uh, okay. You can find me and Good Ideas Comics on Instagram. Um, you can find us both on Facebook as well. Um, just type in uh, Good Ideas Comics in the search bar on Facebook and we'll pop up. Uh, and I think that's it. Okay. Well, yeah. we'll... Uh like I said, we're going to link the, uh, the, the store envy and, uh, hopefully the DCBS, uh, 
site. Um, but we'll we'll make sure that we put all your social media in the in the show notes for anybody that uh, wants to click on those and, and check those out. So um, I'd like to thank you uh, for joining us. This was a really great. Uh, conversation you know about comics about process and about uh you know just just the love of the of the medium so i really appreciate it hey thanks for having me okay well i'd like to thank everybody for listening and if they could go on itunes and give us a rating and review we would uh really like it um we're on twitter um our twitter is at construct compod we are on instagram at constructing comics pod and we have a facebook page uh under the title of constructing comics as well as a youtube channel um, of the same name so i'd like to thank mark uh, one last time for for being on and we will be back with another episode uh very soon thank you thank you